this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to another edition of the in focus podcast i am your host g sampath delhi university's english teachers are up in arms they are upset that under the national education policy compliant undergraduate curriculum framework ugcf as it's come to be known their workload is going to be drastically reduced by as much as one third in other words many of these teachers uh, teaching in various colleges affiliated to delhi university and many of them happen to be ad hoc employees they could end up losing their job and delhi is a city where in every nook and corner you will find coaching centers offering crash courses to improve your english speaking english written english and so on and in such a city hundreds of highly qualified english teachers are looking at mass unemployment over this kind of a development so how is this explained and how will this impact students from places such as the northeast and jammu and kashmir for instance and are other universities likely to follow in the du's footsteps or is this something which is uh, applicable only to du at the moment we look for clarity on these questions in this episode of in focus and our guest today is dr maya john who teaches history at jesus and mary college delhi university maya thank you so much for joining us thank you sampath uh, maya to start with can you give us a quick overview of how is it that du's and delhi university's affiliated colleges as english teachers suddenly find themselves in danger of unemployment does the national education policy 2020 actually call for a reduction in the teaching of english the number of english lectures and if it does not do so how does this loss of workload the amount of lectures they are supposed to take how does that follow from the new curricular framework thank you that's a very comprehensive question now the national education policy 2020 the document you know which has been circulated itself lays a lot of emphasis on the teaching of classical languages and their literature this is a classical indian languages and their literature including sanskrit at the school level as well as at the higher education level now add to this you know the nep 2020 inspired documents are uh, released by the university grants commission the ugc from time to time have essentially pressed central universities like du into formulating as soon as possible their four year undergraduate curriculum framework also known as ugcf with an emphasis so they're supposed to universities supposed to formulate this four year undergraduate program with an emphasis on reducing the overall weightage of courses that is the credits assigned to individual papers and overall the credits assigned to the undergraduate course as a whole now earlier in 2021 for example the ugc model that was you know up on the website stipulated just 160 credits for the undergraduate course you know the bachelor's course or the bcom course or the bsc science course which of course was way less than the credits assigned to these undergraduate courses by universities like du under what uh, was earlier known as the choice based credit system cbcs now there has been a lot of back and forth between the delhi university vice chancellor uh, maya just to just for some clarity so you are saying this 160 which is under the new uh, education policy right Yes this is what the UGC put out in the uh, on its website following the release of NEP 2020 Okay earlier under CBCS how many credits were given for this choice based credit system for a UG course It was touching around 190 credits 
Okay, so for 190, it came down to 160. Yes, yes. And you would see similar, you know, changes or disparity across central universities. So DU's undergraduate program had already assigned a certain number of credits or weightage to its undergraduate program spread over three years. Now we're teaching four years and we're teaching with reduced credits. Uh, So we have to understand that maths to make more sense of the particular concerns that English teachers have been raising in DU colleges. So what happened is that, you know, uh, the vice chancellor of DU is being trying to, you know, stay as close as possible to the credit structure under CBCS. But UGC has not been necessarily very open to that. So at present, we are seeing that the university's four-year undergraduate curriculum framework is more or less being, you know, planned according to 170 credits overall spread over four years which is, of course, less than what was offered earlier under the CBCS, or Choice-Based Credit System. Now, please remember that Delhi University is a central university. is one of the few central universities which has been offering the honours courses alongside the other bachelor's programs or undergraduate programs, which are usually a combination of disciplines in other universities. You better know these as pass courses or BA program courses. So, this means that DU English departments across colleges had a substantial workload in terms of teaching English literature papers of six credits each to English honours students who were majoring in English, as well as certain discipline-specific core papers, discipline-specific elective and generic elective papers, each of six credits to the BA programme or BA pass students. Now, this apart, English departments in DU have also been teaching certain compulsory English papers known as the Ability Enhancement Courses, which were of four credits. And these were taught to all honours disciplines, right? So English major students, Paul Science major students, History major students, all would have to do this compulsory English paper in either their first semester or second semester. And English departments in colleges in DU were also teaching a compulsory language paper, English language paper, to the BCom pass or BCom program and BA program courses. Apart from this, as per DU's own statutes and ordinances, foreign nationals and students from the Northeast and places like Jammu and Kashmir were also given this option of uh, taking English in lieu of a Hindi uh, language paper or the modern Indian language paper. Now, uh, with this new UGCF, Undergraduate uh, Curriculum Framework of four years that's being designed and the draft syllabus that the main English department of DU has put out, the compulsory ability enhancement courses in English, uh, the papers taught uh, to the BCom pass or the BA program students, as well as this option paper given to foreign nationals and students of the Northeast are being done away with. To you put the maths together, This amounts to a huge loss of workload for English departments across DU colleges, with some colleges in DU reporting a loss of almost 50 to 60 hours of of teaching. Now, these lost hours translates into job losses. Uh, So we have estimates that, you know, about 400 to 500 English ad hoc teachers. So these are not teachers who are permanent, but these are teachers, some of whom are working for even 8-10 years in a college or overall in the university, are losing their jobs. So this is uh, the kind of workload crisis that we're, that we're seeing. Ad hoc system, if I can just quickly mention, these are teachers who are not permanent. They uh, have been brought in into the university since the 1980s. Now their numbers are huge. In fact, in some colleges, they're more ad hoc teachers than permanent teachers. 
The thing is that, you know, their employment is not permanent because they can be eventually removed when the permanent appointments are organized or held in the DU colleges. But they do not get many facilities like medical, healthcare, etc. But they do get a salary throughout the year and they do get a salary which is equivalent to the assistant professors who are permanent in the university. So this is, you know, something I just wanted to clarify. I'll, of course, come back later to how these job losses that English departments are facing due to the huge fall in the workload is also a generalized problem across disciplines, across, you know, departments in DU. Because remember, the core component, the core essential papers taught across all disciplines are seeing a reduction in their weightage. No longer are they six credits, but now they are four credits. So in that means that it uh, translates into less lectures being given. Uh, for those papers. So across the board, departments are going to be affected. Of course, English is being affected immediately in a much larger number because a lot of compulsory language English papers are being taken away. Now, the removal of English as an option under the ability enhancement courses offered in the first year is importantly being seen as an anomaly you know, by English teachers because recent documents of the UGC, the University Grants Commission, such as a document released just this March in 2022, shows that the UGC is envisaging that English should be offered as an option alongside the Indian languages of the 8th schedule. So a student can choose whether they want to do Tamil or, you know, Sanskrit or English. It should not be that you remove English altogether as an ability enhancement course. So definitely, if the UGC has left room for this, you know, why is DU's four-year undergraduate curriculum framework excluding English altogether? So there is need for a rectification here, and we hope that that is done soon. Now, while the move to introduce Indian languages, let me clarify, it is a welcome move. It is a welcome move to introduce more Indian languages at the level of general college education. But the complete removal of English papers is problematic. The option should be given to students is precisely what, you know. Uh, Maya, this, all these ability enhance, enhancement courses, as they're called, they're all uh, language courses only, right? Yes. So under the framework, there is the language component, which is an ability enhancement course. There is also an environment science paper, which is an ability enhancement course. And now we're also looking at a third ability enhancement course, which is called sustainable development under DU's UGCF you know, syllabus. But yes, language is one of the ability enhancement courses to be offered. DU's framework uh, that's been floated says it can be the languages listed in the eighth schedule and they've removed English altogether as an option. So UGC doesn't say it has to be languages from the age schedule, right? It's only DU which is saying Yes, that. this is the anomaly that English teachers in DU are pointing out that UGC's recent communications indicate that the option should be given, such as this document which came in on 17th March 2022. So there is room for, you know, we hope a quick rectification of this oversight. Should we discuss the question of how students will be affected? Right, yeah, I was just going to come to that, yeah. So, you know, when we look at this kind of restructuring that's happening, let's begin with, of course, a particular constituency of students that apply to DU and, and some of whom get in. This is the students from the north, northeast of India, students from Jammu and Kashmir, and of course, some of the foreign nationals uh, who also apply to DU. Now, for them, this is going to prove to be a very sticky situation when this you know, new curriculum comes into place by October, September, October of this year. And I'm saying this because many Delhi University colleges, many DU colleges do not have modern Indian language departments that are capable of teaching so many of the languages, Indian languages listed in the eighth schedule. Okay. 
Now, because of this paucity of MIL departments across DU colleges, the possibility of such students being pressed into taking the Hindi language courses looms large because, you know, colleges do have, uh, tend to have a, a English department and a Hindi department, not necessarily the other modern Indian languages. That So in that sense, there will be situations where these students from the Northeast of India, JNK, foreign nationals will be, you know, end up in this kind of situation that they have to choose Hindi, which is uh, in the eighth schedule. Now, this is, of course, an unfortunate scenario. If a similar situation had cropped up when DU was the sole university, the only university in 2013-14, to implement a pilot experiment in a four-year undergraduate program. It was rolled back, of course, due to huge protests. One of the very important sources of protest against the initial experiment of four-year undergraduate program in DU was Northeast students' groups who were already seeing the problem with this de facto imposition of, of Hindi with the removal of the English option in the uh, ability enhancement course structure. Now, let me come to the fact that, you know, many students who are aspiring for college education, aspiring for higher education, whether they're coming from regional boards, whether they're coming from CBSC or ICSC boards, they tend to opt for English language papers. A large number do prefer English language papers. For those, of course, with a comfortable background in English at the school level, and they've done English from you know younger classes, the option, of course, of pursuing it even at college level proves important due to the proficiency that they already have as students in the English language. Now, they would obviously opt for it even in college because, you know, the marks or the scores that you get in these compulsory language papers, ability enhancement courses, finally adds up to your final college mark sheet or your college score or what we also call CGPA. Um, now, for many other students, not necessarily coming from, you know, big schools or, you know, a very good CBSC, ICSC schools with a grounding in English, even for them, you know, English is an aspiration. The English language paper is an aspiration that they want to pursue at the college level because it is seen as a way of enhancing their communication skills. It is seen as an important asset for future job opportunities. Now, let me just point out, you know, I'm not sure this has been elaborated enough in the, you know, debates that are happening. If you look at even the syllabus that existed uh, of the English departments under the choice-based credit system, you know, the whole emphasis is learning English language through literature. So if people don't get to learn English in colleges, then, you know, what's going to happen is many Hindi medium students who want to learn English, you know, will opt for spoken English courses, as you said in your introduction, very often paying through their nose for it through these private, you know, establishments. So we need to understand the role of the literature departments, especially the English literature departments, because these departments, so the courses they've been offering, they actually, you know, help a student understand the ways of comprehending culture, comprehending people. The syllabus in the past is, you know, simultaneously allowed for learning of reflective analysis. Ultimately, you don't just end up simply reading a piece of literature like that as a time pass. But you learn how to engage, how to engage with that piece of literature and you develop the knowledge of cultural motives, symbols and ideologies that would help you understand the world around you. It gives you a certain cultural capital. 
Now, other than learning English through literature, you know, these ability enhancement courses offered by the English departments were teaching the students, you know, day-to-day English, spoken English, English that could be used in the workplace, which is definitely, you know, not just about English proficiency or equipping you on how to write a better CV or better letters or better reports, but also essentially the courses in English that were envisaged uh, earlier also introduced the student on how to read a newspaper how to engage with contemporary cultural artifacts and activities. Let me give you an example. BCom honor students who had to do an English compulsory paper were made to read a text on selfie mania. Similarly, you know, business study students, you know, were offered a piece uh, where they were engaging with the issue of forced displacement. So you can see how, you know, that the syllabus was an important one allowing for certain reflective, you know, critical analysis. All this we are we are going to be losing if the uh, you know these courses are not brought back as important options in the UGCF. Do uh, BSc students also have or used to have these compulsory courses in English? Yes, they did. They did. As I said, it was uh, you know these courses were offered throughout honors, throughout honors courses. Right. So you spoke briefly about the impact on students from the northeast and uh, foreign nationals, where we are seeing in effect at a sort of an imposition of Hindi through the back door, as it were, by virtue of the fact that, you know, most colleges don't have uh, faculties to teach uh, various modern Indian languages, or whatever, Bengali, Telugu, and so on. And you end up uh, taking Hindi. Now, I was just wondering if you could just explain the impact on students in terms of the hierarchical four-year structure, where someone who is doing a one-year course gets a certificate at the end of it, then there's a two-year diploma, three-year degree, and four-year honors. Now, so do all these uh, four kinds of students, will they uh, not have the option of taking English ability enhancement courses? So Sampath, you know, what is being designed as the UGCF uh, and what the university has put out, it is a very lopsided, very lopsided structure. It's basically four different uh, syllabi being, you know, four courses being clubbed. And this is creating a problem in terms of, you know, let me let me break it down like this. You know, at one level, Delhi University, you know, is is promoting the eight eight schedule, you know, Indian languages. Ironically, in a context where its own main MIL department, modern Indian language department, has been in shambles for years. You know, there are teachers who are missing in terms of there are no teachers employed in Delhi University's own parent MIL department, modern Indian languages department, who can teach many of the modern Indian languages. So there's no there's been no hiring of the required teachers. So how are colleges going to be able to be assisted in this process if the main parent department of, you know, modern Indian languages is in such a terrible state? Uh, So there is that. We also know that, you know, when we look at the structure of the UGCF that's been tabled, it does not help in any way in removing the option of studying English, especially when you look at the multiple entry exit system that you have you know, alluded to. So you can exit after doing one year, you can exit after doing two years, right? And in this kind of structure of multiple entry exit, removing the English option paper uh, altogether does not help. Now, in fact, the entire structure of, you know, reduced credits or reduced weightage 
of the undergraduate course. I told you we move from six to four and in certain papers from four credits to two credits. And you club that with this multiple entry exit, you know, system that they've envisaged. You can leave after the first year with a certificate or you can leave after the second year with a diploma is simply going to facilitate the dilution of Delhi University's undergraduate courses content. It's going to disrupt the organic linkages or flow of how a discipline is taught from one year to the next. And very importantly, it's going to breed a scenario where students uh, will navigate to recorded online courses or what we know as the MOOCs, massive open online courses offered on the Swayam portal, especially in a scenario if they're not, you know, getting an English language paper, which they want because they can use it to enhance communication skills, etc. Then they'll opt for it on the Swayam portal, right? Or for that matter, any other paper or course which they're not getting in their institution, they will have to, you know, by force will be exploring options even in either in the private sector or they will opt for it on the Swayam portal. Now, in many ways, the educational bureaucracy, you know, the UGC, even DU's bureaucracy, knows the importance of English at the level of higher education and research. But there is a larger move. There is a larger move towards reducing teaching positions, reducing state expenditure on education. And that is why, you know, this restructuring that we're seeing under the four-year undergraduate system, you know, the courses are being, you know, envisaged in a way in order that, you know, there are several posts, teaching posts, which become redundant. So, for example, by removing the English uh, ability enhancement courses, you make that many posts of English, you know, teachers redundant. So, of course, there is this larger agenda, uh, you know, which we cannot brush aside of shrinking funding, shrinking resources, withdrawal of the state from the education, public funded education sector. I would perhaps elaborate further uh, when when we you know look at the question of language politics that you had in mind in one of your questions. Right. Now, before we get to the language politics aspect of it, I was wondering whatever is unfolding in DU right now uh, with, re- with regard to the English teaching workload, is it likely to uh, happen in other universities as well, other uh, central universities and or other state universities and private universities, or will it remain restricted to DU? Now, DU, as I've mentioned earlier also, I mean, there have been divergences with other universities because, of course, DU has, as a university, been offering the honours courses and not just the, you know, combined disciplines, BA pass or BA program courses. So, of course, there's that crucial difference, you know, that DU has when it comes to other universities. So, in that ways, the quantum of the workload reduction in English departments is, of course, much more considering English departments are also losing out in terms of their honours course coverage or credit. But yes, having said that, overall, you know, there is a generalised threat. We can expect the unfolding situation in DU to have, you know, certain impact on other central universities as well. The NEP 2020 has pushed for uh, uniformity across the board. Plus, of course, we have this tendency that, you know, Delhi University syllabus, especially in the last few years, is usually, you know, being emulated by other universities. And I say this because since roughly 2015, when the first time the choice-based credit system was enforced across all 45 central universities, there was, you know, this move towards, you know, just following what DU did as one of the biggest teaching undergraduate universities. 
So a lot of the time, DU syllabus since 2015 has been actually, you know, parts of it have been replicated by other central universities. So there's this trend plus the push towards uniformity and standardization under NEP 2020. So yes, we can see workload reduction fall in the weightage of undergraduate courses, not just English, but other disciplines as well to unfold across the board. And of course, uh, English departments are going to take a big hit as they are taking in DU because they were also offering honours papers, honours courses or English major uh, courses. Right. We're running out of time. So one final question before we wind up. So does this development, how do you relate this to the broader context of uh, language politics in the country where at the moment the ruling dispensation is seen to be favorably disposed towards Hindi and has a track record of hostility to English in the way government uh, ministries communicate or choose to communicate with state government and so on and so forth. Sampath, this is a very interesting question, but a complex one, and it has to be answered at different levels. So I will try to do it like this. Now, at one level, we need to understand that the introduction of English literature in India the history of this process shows that, you know, the introduction of English literature in India preceded its introduction in the British curriculum in English universities and schools back in England. So it is interesting that, you know, a scholar like Gauri Vishwanathan, for example, has termed English literature and its introduction into India as a mask of conquest, M-A-S-K, mask of conquest, meaning basically that English literature was introduced to Indians to create the notion of cultural superiority of English culture and to instill in the Indian literati a sense of awe. However, English department of DU, when it was established, it was established alongside the university itself in 1922. We have seen much churning in the department in the recent decades. Now, it no longer, the English department no longer, you know, teaches the British masterpieces or what is known as the canon, you know. But also we see the English department teach literature from around the world, such as African literature, Latin American literature, etc., obviously in the translation. It also makes students engage with Indian writers like Prem Chand, uh, Manto, Ishmat Chuktai, Mukti Bodh, Om Prakash Valmiki, and many others. So what I'm saying is that this churning has been there and it's still ongoing, but the main purpose has always been in this, in the process of this debate and updating of the syllabus of the English departments is to make the students learn the cultural motifs and ideologies that surround them so that they can better navigate the world. Now in Northern India in the 1960s and 70s, you know, we had the reaction against English as you know, the new upward mobile sections from India's rural hinterland competed for education and employment. And they faced, of course, certain problems, you know, when it came to the competition with established, more anglicized elites. Now, many of these same sections of upward mobile, you know, people from the rural hinterland, the same sections, you know, who espouse the cause of Hindi have sent their own children, their own sons and daughters to English medium schools. Very often these are big private schools, leaving, of course, most of their poorer brethren, poorer students trapped in badly run, poorly funded Hindi medium government schools. So there is a love and hate relationship which has, you know, uh, developed over time with English. For many, it has however, be, become over a period of time a language of opportunity. In the same 1960s and 1970s in South India, we saw the apprehension that the imposition of Hindi 
will dilute, you know, the southern languages and it will affect the equal opportunities for people from the south. Now, in the northeast of India, the situation is still more complex. Many of the languages spoken there are not even included in the eighth schedule of the Indian constitution. So for many, the link languages, for many people in the northeast of India, English, the link language is English. And last time in 2013-14, as pointed out by me earlier, when the first time an experiment with the four-year undergraduate program was tried out in DU, it was again, importantly, the northeast students who were the most vocal critics of this, you know, no exemption clause being given to them. That means no option of English being given to them in lieu of Hindi or a modern Indian language course. So we need to understand that there are a large number of people in our country who want to learn the English language and most of them are approaching, however, the private sector because of the lack of facilities in in, in public funded institutions. So the public funded education system should provide people the means to learn the language and impart the appended or attached cultural capital. And the English departments can actually be re-envisaged. They can do better at this, you know, as departments of world literature. And this means they would also be teaching and should teach more of literatures translated from Indian languages, especially considering, you know, the English departments can be empowered to do this, considering the poor condition in which modern Indian language department of DU you know, the postgraduate modern Indian language of uh, department of DU is, as I told you earlier, it's in shambles and not enough teachers of modern Indian languages in the postgraduate MIL department of DU. You know, so how would students who get into DU, you, who would otherwise want to learn their language and literature, how would they do so when there is no infrastructure in the university for this? So DU is actually not providing this facility of learning, you know, the other Indian languages. And it's simultaneously taking away the scope of learning another very important language, which is popular, that is English. So it's basically going to lead to a situation of massive, you know, uh, discontent. Even for Hindi medium students, you know, who get into DU, DU envisage what is known as the Directorate of Hindi Medium Instruction, whose large part of the work is supposed to be translating important books into Hindi. But this Directorate of Hindi Medium Instruction has been underfunded, understaffed for so many years now. Um, and so it really makes us question this whole principle of multilingualism that the Delhi University UGCF, you know, curriculum framework is emphasizing it, it looks like a sham and it is a sham so i would say that in the in the name of language politics many of the courses you know particularly of course the discipline or the departments of english are being hit and at the same time no indian language is necessarily gaining given that infrastructure development is not the focus mil departments being funded properly or being developed in the university and at the college level is not on the agenda. So what are we looking at? We're looking at basically the furthering of exclusion and those, of course, coming out of a dual school education system that is private schooling on one hand and government schooling on the other. Who's going to pay the cost? The cost is going to be paid by uh, the poorest students coming out of uh, government schools who want to actually learn English and improve, you know, their spoken English and their understanding of, you know, given culture. We're denying them that in our own public funded universities. So, you know, this is going to be a tragedy and a enhancement of exclusion in another part of that story, in fact, unfolding. Right. So, will it, so you're saying given, uh, let's say it is going to enable the adoption and the use of Hindi, you know, under the broader rubric of Hindi imposition or Hindi promotion, you're saying even that agenda may not really uh, move forward given the paucity of funding for even Hindi departments and Hindi learning infrastructure. 
Yes, yes. I, of course, as I just mentioned, the pathetic condition of the Hindi medium instruction directorate, you know, what does it show? It shows that even this so-called promotion, backhand promotion of Hindi uh, language and literature is really just hogwash. Okay? And then if you also turn the lens on, you know, the condition of other modern Indian languages in the university, where's the infrastructure? Have you actually helped build the infrastructure up before you introduce this in your UGCF? No, you haven't. And you actually don't have a commitment towards it. So, you know, this is what I'm saying. It's it's actually English departments are are losing out, students are losing out, and other nobody else gains. Neither do any of the other languages, including Hindi, gain. Right. So, uh, just to uh, sum up what we have uh, sort of uh, the ground we have covered so far, I think uh, it's it's a very uh, detailed uh, commentary on this development. Thank you so much, Maya. I think in terms of takeaways, I see the fact that this could be construed as a backdoor uh, imposition of Hindi, but even that doesn't seem to have been thought through given the lack of infrastructure, especially of something like the Directorate of Hindi Medium Instruction, which you say is severely underfunded. And secondly, it, it also seems to imply a pattern in in terms of reducing the number of teachers who are under the roles of government-funded institutions by creating this kind of redundancy of English uh, by reducing the number of lectures that they need to take, reducing the course load, reducing the number of credits. So if you are, if you don't have to pay so many salaries, of course, uh, this marks a further withdrawal of the state from public-funded education. And thirdly, of course, I also see a centralization happening here where Delhi University has sort of become a template or a model that other central universities and over a period of time, other universities are also expected to follow. And lastly, uh, you spoke briefly about the Swayam portal and how uh, this kind of withdrawal or a dilution of core courses and especially something which is as useful as English uh, being withdrawn would lead more and more students, especially the one from marginalized backgrounds to go for online or MOOC-based learning rather than going into the classroom. All these are worrying developments and I hope uh, they will be widely debated. Thank you so much for pointing them out. Pleasure talking to you, Maya. Thank you for the opportunity, Sampath. Thank you. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.